Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I have the distinct pleasure of being in conversation with an editor-at-large for Salon. He is also an award-winning professor at the University of Baltimore, an award-winning uh, writer, author, uh, founder of the Be More Writers Project, and his recent release, Black Boy Smile, A Memoir and Moments, came out in May. Please welcome the great Dee Watkins. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up? I'm I'm happy to be here, man. Thank you. Thank you for, for taking time and calling on me. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you making the time. And I think this is long, long overdue. And um, I want to start off by, um, you know, just shooting a question over there for you. I want to tap over real quick and hit you with this question. Um, so we, we, we know, you know, various books out there, like just notoriety, professor, just in here, in this, in the city. So could you share like, you know, how you got started as a writer and describe that experience um, when, when you started making money in that kind of space as well. Like, I know it's a weird question to start off with, but, you know, talk about starting off as a writer and how you felt when you like first started getting that that acknowledgement monetarily. All right. Bet. So. All right. So am, am I talking about when I started or when I'm talking about when I started making money? Because these are two very different answers. You, you can give us the rundown of both. I mean, I want to hear both. <laughs> when I started, I, I couldn't I couldn't pay a person to, to read what I was what I was doing. But um, <laughs> felt like I felt like what I was what I was doing was right. You know, um, I've done a lot of things in my life and writing is one of the few things that felt right. And, um, I was, I was, um, I was, I was in a hospital and a nurse, a nurse gave me a book and I was playing a short game. I was, I was trying to get a phone number. She was playing a long game. She was trying to enlighten me. Um, she's asking me what I, well, you know, what am I reading and all that? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm reading 48 laws of power, even though I wasn't. And even though like, I feel like eight out of 10 people who say they read in that book, you know, they even they didn't or they don't read. They just have it because, it you know, it, it looks good for like the power bookshelf. But anyway, um, <laughs> she, she made fun of me for that, which was cool. Um, I didn't get the number, which was also cool. But I, I did get the book and I wasn't I, w- I wasn't necessarily what you would call a reader at the time. So the fact that I, I took that book from her, but well, she left me that book. And the fact that I finished it in like in like two to three days, three hundred some pages was a was was super fast for me. Like right now, I can read three hundred pages in a couple of hours. At this particular time, I couldn't I couldn't do that. And um, the book was the coldest winter ever. And that book led to me reading a lot of other books. Um, I wanted to know everything about Sister Soldier and you know who who influenced her. I wanted to know everything about the people who influenced them, and that just snowballed for me reading these street stories to reading stories about the streets from a different time period to me reading stories on the streets of Russia. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm tapped in with the gambler and and the idiot um, by Dostoevsky. And that all came from learning to love Toni Morrison, loving Sister Soldier, learning to love um, James Baldwin and all of these different people that was telling these stories. Yeah. So this is like maybe I want to say at least a good five year period before I cashed my first real check. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, what I will say about the, the money portion is um, writing, you know, like art in general, it it it, it comes fast for, for some people um, yeah. because we all have different definitions of fast. But I know for me, be, before I even, you know, 
published um, my first essay, there's a hundred rejection stories in front of that. Before I got my first literary agent, there's over 500 rejection stories attached to that. Before I signed my first book deal, there's like another um, five, four or five years of people telling me no before someone actually said, yeah. So it's always funny when um, I'm out in the world and people say things like, oh, yeah, D. Wackers, he popped up out of nowhere. He came up overnight. And it's like, no, nah, dog, like I didn't come here overnight. I've been here. You just didn't know who I was. You didn't know what I was doing, but it doesn't mean I wasn't active and it doesn't mean I wasn't trying. And it doesn't mean I was trying to become like a better artist and a better person every day. Now that's, that's huge. And I think we, that, that notion of all of the work that goes into it, all the stuff that's baked into it, all of the rejections, all the experience, all of looking for those, uh, not even like actively looking for those validation markers, but you know, there are things that are out there. You're like, okay, I'm moving in the right direction. This works. And, you know, I say it all the time on here. I've been doing this thing for 13 years. And then, you know, it's just like, yo, listen to some of that old stuff. It is wild. Or even looking at some of the earlier episodes of this podcast and some of the questions I asked then I would definitely not. I would be embarrassed to ask. And I was like, wow, this is this is not anything. This is not curious at all. This was tell me about your work. Oh, that's interesting. Moving on to the next thing. And I think people don't see that. It's like, oh, suddenly this guy is now the face of this or doing this or getting these different opportunities. It's like a lot of sweat equity, a lot of a lot of those moments where you're not sure if you're you know doing the right thing or if your approach is right. All of those things are baked into that experience. You know, and it's and then it's also not right for another person to try to minimize your journey. Like someone had um has said, um, I heard someone say on the event, D. Watkins got started at City Paper. That's that's not true. I heard someone say D. Watkins um had had got had got his start when Freddie Gray died. And you know, rest in peace to Freddie Gray, you know. I had two book deals before Freddie Gray died with major publishing companies. I had already did television. I had already had been a sought after paid speaker and recognized for my work. So, you know, it's not to minimize that moment and what it meant to the city and um, the attention that people started to pay to the city. But we don't have to try to minimize another person's work down to like, oh, uh, well, if, if, if this wouldn't have happened, then he or she wouldn't have had a career yeah. or because, you know, there's a lot of people who feel like they can do what you do in podcasts is if you haven't you don't you have 13 years and you've been doing this and you you, you have a name and you have a system and you have a. You know, it just looks like a five hundred dollar microphone. Like you have, <laughs> you have, you know, you have some things, and you, you put your you put your work in. And I, you know, I, I I will hope that we could we could get away from that. But sometimes it's even it's hard for me to even get into that conversation because it, it turns in it turns into conflict, and I'm not I'm like an anti like anti conflict guy. No, I I dig that. Um, And yeah, like I I remember it was one of those things where you have conversations with people and you have that comparison thing that comes up. You have just all of these different things to, I think, to back to your point of almost kind of minimizes what the work is and what the work that's been going out there and just what the process looks like. And it's like, I'd rather not engage. I'd rather not even do that. I'd rather just keep doing my stuff. I'm better served at doing that. That's what I'm good at. Trying to change people's minds. It's like, nah, I'd rather just do that by making it work, by putting out the content. 
and I, you and you do want you want people you want people to show love and you want people to respect what you do and you want to respect what what they do. But yeah. you know, at, we're all everyone's a work in progress, so it's it's all love. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the things I think with this series and what I've noticed, especially in your your, your most recent um, book, what have you, um, Black Boy Smile. Um, so storytelling. That's big. That's huge. Uh, you know, that's really what the crux of this podcast is. So let's let's talk about the process of um, putting together like your like your writing process and most 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 recently your your, your last book. Um, and what is the most interesting part of that process for you? Delete deleting deleting scenes. Deleting scenes is the most it's the most interesting part for me because um, for one, it's difficult. It's extremely difficult. Um, for two, you, you get the opportunity to really, 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 really capture the heat. Um, it's people who, um, I, you know, I've, I've, I've heard conversations of book critics arguing uh, about my book, um, where one critic is like, yo, I feel like there's some missing pieces that I want. And then the other critic is like, yo, but everything that in there is fucking moving. It moves like it moves. So you can't, you know, he's like, when you read all these books, it's rare that you get a project you can't put down because it moves. So, you know, I trimmed all of the stuff that was just unnecessary. I trimmed a lot of analysis because why you need my analysis that's that's toxic in a way you get take your own analyze it for yourself take Mm -hmm. what you take from the moment take what you take from the moment take what you take from that emotional arc and analyze it yourself you know um and and you do that work because it 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 becomes even more meaningful and lasting for you so for me um i start with a slab and i and then i just carve it up yeah it's like a glacier, you know what I'm saying? Like you see the little piece on top, but you know when you get below sea level, that motherfucker is the <laughs> part you see is only a tenth. The yeah. part you see is only a tenth. Below sea level is fucking crazy. It's, it's vast once you get past that that peak of it or what have you. Um, and Absolutely. and and I'll and I'll say just you know, in, in recently finishing it. And I will say the added caveat of having you do the, cause I did the audio book. I consume, I, I I'm, I'm kind of where you were describing your, you're reading that earlier. I'm like, all right, it's going to be a month before I finish these 300 pages real quick. Um, so I'm going to consume in that way. And having you do the narration, basically reading, reading the book or what have you add something extra to it. I was like, all right, this is, this right here is kind of funny. This right here has this going on. And in terms of the flow, as I'm looking at, I see things in like adaptation form. I'm like, this could easily be something, a coming of age sort of like series or what have you. I was like, that, that's could be a natural application for this. And you're right. You just, keep going through it. I'm just keep going through it. And like I said, I listened to it twice. I was like, let me go back. I got to listen to, you know, episode six. It's like, that's a chapter. <laughs> that is, that's not an episode, bro. Yeah. That's wow. Um, um, I don't know if you ever heard of, of this, this, this brilliant director, um, who was really known as an actress named Sally Richardson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Richardson has it right now. And she's like, She's like, I'm I'm gonna do I wanna I want I wanna do something with this, but we have to figure out what it is because I told her I want a miniseries and she's like, nah, I want five years of television. So um <laughs> I was like <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know, that's what you see. That's what I see. Maybe we'll we'll figure it out. And she was like, yeah, you you, you got damn right. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think maybe it reads like that in a way because um, I was writing TV at the time. I was writing a book. So my whole mind was in... <laughs> at one, at two, at three, at one, at two, at three. <laughs> the whole time I was working on it. So, not so th- that's almost a natural segue right there. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna jump back into some more questions, but I want to talk about that experience in writing for TV and working in TV um, compared to some of your previous writing. Like, how is that environment? What was that environment like being in the writers' room for like you know we own the c- the city and so on? Tell me about that. You know, working working with David, David and, and, and Nina and George and Ed for me was like being in college um, for so many years. Um, so I, not to sound pretentious, but um, one of my jobs has been public intellectual where like people expect me to have answers to things, um, literally book for radio and TV and the universities and, 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 and think tanks where my job was literally, you pay me some money and I come up and I just idea, man, you know what I'm saying? This and like the most pretentious shit ever, but like for so long you get, you get, you get tripped up in your head into thinking you got the answers for everything when really, you know, nobody, no one has the answers for everything. And I would want to be quiet, but to feed my family, I would have to run my mouth. So in this situation, I was so happy to just be the youngest person in the room, the most inexperienced person in the room. Hearing George say, no, you did that. You should have did that. Hearing David saying, no, you being too tight, cut loose. Um, Hearing Nina say, oh, no, you, you got this one thing going on. Now set up your next thing was transforming it for me. I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to learn. But they were like, no, you you ready. You need to write an episode. And I'm like, I'm I, I never back, you know, I never back down from a challenge. I was I was ready to take that challenge on, but it was just it was special for me to just just to be a student. Like it's so it feels so good to just shut the fuck up and just listen to people who are more experienced and who have accomplished way more than you. And I, you know, I'll, I'll forever be grateful to them for that. Yeah. As I'm listening, like, you know, you know, we have that, that mutual connection. We have a uh, Keo have you mutual connection there. And it was just certain things just, you know, in the conversation back, he was just like talking you up or what have you. And he was like, yeah, y'all on the same shit. Y'all, y'all don't fuck with that bullshit. Y'all be kissing uh, Akio, no ass. Yo, I was like, yeah, Keo, that's my dog, man. <laughs> yo, watching his journey. I have just been honored to just watch, watch yeah. Keo just grow as an artist, as a person, as a thinker. Um, and his confidence, like I really, really, really enjoy watching the way he grew as a, as you know, not to say he, I, I don't, I never would like call him a person to lack confidence, but I've watched him become more confident because his work has always been a one. Yeah. So, so for him to, you know, he knows his work is a one, but I feel like he knows it at a higher level now. And that comes with, and as an artist, it comes with being validated by other people trying to, you know, book you and, and, and connect with you and build with you. You build that confidence. And I'm just I'm fortunate that I got a chance to just just to see him grow, man. I'm, I'm honored to know him. Yeah. And uh, it, it was really funny. Like, you know, we happen to be in like the same building, working in the same office. And I was like, I know you. 
Yo, Evans. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you you, you kind of understand it. And I, I like the way you describe that experience and, and being in the writer's room and being having that opportunity to kind of just kind of sit back and then, you know, observe like and be pensive. You know, I think that's one of the things, but also recognizing that, all right, I got to chime in. I got to say something here. I got to do something. I got to contribute in this way. I, I like those opportunities. And I look at like, all right, you know more than me. So what can I learn from you? How can, be, how can I be helpful? And, you know, I think that that's a, a really advantageous spot. And I think you can relate to this maybe of it's not always the most familiar thing. It's like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me what I'm doing. But sometimes you got to sit back there and listen if somebody knows a lot more than you and has a lot more experience in the area than you. Yeah, I, I think one of the reasons um, we we had a good experience and we we were able to to make a show that, that was received well by a lot of people was um, everyone in the room was intellectually curious a researcher and hungry not a bunch of traditional tv writers and i think adding me could have been a gamble because sometimes everyone in there worked on a wire i was the only person that didn't Mm -hmm. so adding me could have was like a gamble because um you know i could have came in with an ego and fucked the dynamic up um i'm accomplished in my own right you know you know people who are accomplished sometimes they're terrible people um but I didn't come in on some woke soapbox. You want to listen to me and we're going to, because only I can tell Baltimore's story. Yeah. I came in like, yo, I'm here to learn and insert where I need to insert and, and earn the opportunity to be able to create and add to that. So it's, yeah. it's different ways you do it. Um, there's a lot of talk, a lot of noise around um, diversity and inclusion and stuff like that. And we need, we need to have those conversations, but what we're seeing a lot is, people who aren't really talented bullying their way into situations and then creating fucked up art. And then when they're not getting booked or rehired, it's, well, you didn't take the time to learn. You walked your way into some grant money or you walked your way into an <laughs> opportunity. And then when somebody said, all right, you, you cried, motherfucker. Now here's, here's, the, here's the money or here's the situation. Or here's the ship. You sell this bitch. Yeah. You never took the time to learn how to sell the ship. So I'm like, yes, give, you know, yo, yes, we, we've earned opportunities that we should have things, but just know what the fuck you doing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's like you use, use football as the analogy, right? Like, yo, you might want to sit for that first season. You might want to get in there for a few packages here, but if you come in and you're on a team that's trying to figure it out, you don't want to be on the Browns. It's like, yeah, I'm a rookie starting for the Browns. You're roasted. You're done. Yeah, get the shit cracked out you. <laughs> <laughs> so your your writing is authentic, familiar, and progressively more personal, what have you. So tell me about it's like some of those risks that go into like your writing, whether it is you know, kind of inserting experiences, you know, because they're baked in um in, in TV or even in your own like books or even in lectures and things of that sort. Like, tell me about that and being progressively more personal and being able to like crack that shell and really like present you and your experiences. Tell me about those risks that are there. Um you lose you lose a piece of yourself. Um you from East Baltimore, you you know resiliency is currency. Um what you've been through, your backstory, your family's backstory, how feral you are, it means something. It means something. So if you're from a place where nobody has trust fund, nobody has a, a pony, nobody, you know, 
couple of people make it to private school, but it's rare. Nobody really has anything. People aren't passing us down a hundred houses and shit like that. You know, we, we coming out the street. Your resiliency is you wear it on your chest. Like it's 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 the most it's the most important part of you. Yeah. Being vulnerable, you sacrifice that. So people who are, you know, who might have, you know, say I, I love D. Watkins because he's been through a lot, but he still has a sense of humor. He's still a positive guy. He still has love in his heart. He still tries every day. Um, you know, it might be like, damn, I didn't know D. Watkins feels weak at times. I didn't know D. Watkins feels depressed. I didn't know D. Watkins um struggles, you know, has struggles with addiction and 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 dealt with all kinds of, of pain and, and 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 abuse and uncertainty and all of these different things that crumble um oppressed people. All people, but really oppressed people, because we ain't got no money to fall back on. But it, it crumbles, it crumbles us. So now I'm stepping down off this 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 fictitious superhero stage to say, yo, hey young lady, hey young man, I'm just like you. I'm terrified of certain shit, um, angry at certain things. Certain times, you know, I could have made good decisions and I've made bad ones and all of the messed up things that goes into a human experience. I'm I'm guilty of that. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Let's let's have a real conversation. So you lose that superhero status, but at the same time, um you gain the opportunity to to be to just to be real. And that's, you know, that's and lucky for me, that's that's currency too. Yeah, it, it I think it makes it makes us more accessible in that way. And I think at a point, you know, I'll I have a pretty packed recording schedule, right? And I might do, you know, three interviews in a day or what have you and look at the course of the week. I've done 12, 15 interviews. And at a point I wasn't giving myself like gaps between it. And you're having these conversations that vulnerability experiences, traumas, all of that stuff is baked into what someone's story is and what someone's work is. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing a little bit of therapy right now. And I start thinking about my own shit. I was like, yo, shit. Were were you satisfied with that last answer? No, if you got more, please. You wasn't satisfied with it. No, I was. I was. It's pretty satisfying. Okay, I just want to make sure. All right, I'm no, sure. no, you good. You good. <laughs> you know, some answers aren't really satisfying, and I'd be having to watch myself because, as an interviewer, I ask people questions sometimes, and in my mind, I'm like, "Damn, I know I got to get to this next point because I know I got X amount of time to be able to deliver this and that." But I'm really not satisfied. <laughs> no, 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 no. And and the thing is, that's that's on me. Like, and, and you'll let peeling, me know. You'll let me yeah, know. Absolutely. Go and peeling, and, and peeling the curtain back or what have you. Like, yeah. for me, it's like I need to edit as I'm going along. Of like, all right, that question's mid. You actually already answered that. Great. You know, okay. that's that's the way all I like right. to do it. Yeah. But you'll let me. You'll let me know. No, you got it, bro. Yeah. All right, bet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. So I got I got this this one question because um, you, you touched on it a moment here again natural segues it's like you, it's like you've done an interview before you know what the, what the hell <laughs> uh, so we all run into this I think um, when you get down whether it's like in the middle of the process we all run into things where it's like yo uh, I'm not really feeling it today I'm I'm kind of out of it today I you know I don't really feel like re going back into this story per se this has some trauma attached to it or what have you. When you're in that that point where you're kind of down within the process, how do you keep your spirits high? How do you kind of like progress and you know have that resiliency to keep going through? Sometimes I don't, and sometimes I just stop, and that's that's a real part of the process too. 
I think we're telling people that they have to be on a, a thousand percent of the time. People who are tweeting, you know, posting a workaholic, work all night, no sleep. They're lying because you're stopping the post. If you're working, you're not. That's a lie. If, you, I don't, if I'm working all night, I have to tell you that I'm working all night because you'll see my product. You'll see the product. If I'm working all night, you're going to see the product. Um, so, you know, it's sometimes you got to stop. Sometimes you got to sit back and say, you know what? I need to focus on something else because what I'm doing right now ain't working. And I need to focus on something else, realign whatever the hell is going on inside of my my my, my skull so that I can produce and, and be the person that I that I want to be. Um when I get down, you know, I I try my best to 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 think about memories of times I was happy to lock in with my good friends and you know like let them tell jokes or me tell jokes or us make fun of each other and you know kick it. Um, obviously, kick it with my wife and you know um, tap into what she has going on and making sure I'm checking in and being being the husband I'm supposed to be. But all of these different things that aren't really distractions, but more of investing in the relationships that I value um, when I'm not, you know, um, it, you know, so if I'm off, I'm not off completely. I'm putting positive energy into the other things that need to be watered too, because watering other artists and other people is a part of it too. That's a part of it. Um, which is 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 something that um that I like to say whenever I get a chance to say because I think sometimes you know sometimes people forget that. It's a great the great answer for that. Just to, just to put that out there. <laughs> no, but but it, it's it's really true. And I you know you know I'm a I have a I'm in this spot where like you know my partner my girl she has a couple of kids or what have you they're they're like adults you know and but you know like older teens young twenties what have you and. I'm like the dude that's around and it's like, and I've been around for a while and it's like, so you know, what does Rob have to say about this? What is his thoughts on that? And right. you know, a son would ask like, yo, how do you manage day job, heavy podcast schedule, social life, being with my mom, all of these different things. I was like, yo, I still time. I juggle. I try to stack things when I can, but also recognizing when like, all right, this soil is a little dry. I got to water that. I got to, you know, be able to, you know, be out there and if I can bring things together to feel like I'm a good friend, I'm a good partner, I'm a good creative and I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do, then I feel like I'm fulfilled and I'm enriched. But sometimes I think and you touched on it very well earlier where it's like I just stop, you know, I it'll be a week and it's like, all right, some some bullshit happened. I'm not recording anything because it's going to be a part of it. It's going to be in that conversation and I'm not going to be giving the guests who gave me their time and the, the, the uh, grace to share their story with me. I'm not going to be giving them what they deserve in the conversation. And that's I'm okay. And that's cool. That's cool. It's nothing wrong with resting. It's nothing wrong with skipping them days at the gym. It's nothing wrong with having an extra cheat day, whatever. <laughs> It's nothing wrong with all of these things because we are we are right now social media is 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 forcing us to think that our peers aren't human um <laughs> because we only see the good we only see the workout videos we only see the vacations we only see the couple goals we you know we don't see 
the arguments. We don't see, you know, the 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 days when they not feeling that good. We we only see the good. So it's tricking us to think that everything's good. Everything mm-hmm. is not good, and everything shouldn't be good because if everything was good, then you would have no idea of what something bad was, and it would totally off throw the whole fucking balance of our existence. So, you know, that's that's what it is. 100% agree. You, d- you don't know what the sweet is without the sour and vice versa. Absolutely. You need, you need both. Um, so I wanted, uh, yeah, two more real questions and I got those rapid fire questions. Even the great D Watkins can avoid the rapid fire questions just so you know, sir. So, uh, I want to throw this out there. Um, so how's the response been to uh, black boy smile and memoir on moments and, and, in, in what, in what ways maybe was this right, this process different, this writing process different than previous works? Um, the response has been, the response has been, has been really, really, really great amongst, um, critics and my peers. Um, this is the first time I've written a book that, um, was on book list, a start book list, book review, a start Kirkus review. And these things are very important in my industry. Um, this is the first time, um, I've, I've, I've written a book that, um, that has made people um, who I haven't been talking to contact me just so they can let me know that they see evolution and and the growth in, in my work. So that's that's extremely important. Um, however, it's not my most successful launch or my most successful book. Um, other books I've written sold thirty times the copies by this point. Um, and that's just the nature of the game. That's the nature of marketing, the nature of nature of promotion, the nature of the machine. Um, and it's just how it is. And I'm very, very vocal about it. And I share that because, um, you know, people think because I put a book out, it's going to be a bestseller and that's just not true. And, and it's okay. Like it's, everything's not fucking competition or, you know, or something that needs to be elevated as some type of whatever like sometimes you know it just it is what it is it's it's, it's the game <laughs> it's just it's the game yeah you know i, I like i like your i like your earliest stuff I like the old D-Rock yeah, i like stuff. the old i like the old stuff <laughs> also also we don't i don't know what it's gonna grow into because i've never had a book come out one month and then under a month um people are already like trying to adapt it for television so i've never had I've never had a book get that kind of interest from um, artists who I don't even know, but I respect immensely is, is that's something different for me too. So I don't, I don't know what it's, what it, what the book will grow into. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see. Likewise. I mean, I'm really excited for you and um, you know, shout out to you on that last real question for you. Um, because, uh, you know, sometimes we, we hear stories about, you know, people working on a project and then it's like, yeah, I intended it to be this poem, but somehow it turned into a recipe. I, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. That's not a good analogy. So tell me about a piece of work that you started that turned out a lot differently than you planned. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, down, I don't want to let you down, but I'm very intentional. So when I start out to do something, I do it. Like I don't, you know, if I'm if I'm selling a ship from here to the uh, the coast of Ghana, 
We're not making no pit stops. Sailing to the coast of Ghana. Like, I, I outline, I plan, I think, I outline. Um, and I do that because you should definitely relate to this. I'm a I'm a mental wanderer. Like I wander. So like I don't I can drift down any I can go down any pathway and be lost. So I have to stick to my outlines um so I can stay disciplined and get and get my work done. Yeah. I wish I had that poem that turned into a manifesto <laughs> on black reconstruction and you know, but I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't even have a poem. <laughs> this, this a little bit, and thank you for that. That, that. I mean, that's that's an that's an honest answer. I mean, sometimes like with with this, I'll I'll have someone on. I was like, this is gonna be a fire interview, and then it turns like mid, or it turns into a partnership in a different way. Like I. You know, I, I I appreciate anyone wanting to come on here and, and share their time and share their story. And, you know, the you know, I, I like every interview. Right. But mm-hmm. then there's an opportunity where this might work for my other podcast where I review movies. And it's like we get a little looser on there and get caught in the weeds. Like, yo, you want to talk about Robocop for an hour? Sure. Let's do this. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's one of those kind of like, you know, uh, byproducts of doing, doing this sort of like content sometimes. No, I can dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, I can definitely dig it. Conversations that can go any way all the time. But when it comes to work, you know, I got to turn out what I got to turn out. I dig it. So that's kind of the end of the real questions. I got some rapid fire questions for you. You know, you got We got to put in the, the, the quick like, yo, here's my response. I got nothing else. You'd be surprised how many people don't know what their favorite movie is. They're like trying to debate it. Like, I right, but it's really this. But you said it's this. But also, you know, here's my top three. I was like, that's not the question. <laughs> okay. So, I thought right. it was. All right. Um, what is your most overused word in conversation? What is something that you like? I say this all the time. I, I say it too much. No. I say no a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That is great. No, no is a love word. I say it a lot. But like, nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Mine's is a version of, eh. Or, or I, I think I said this yesterday. I was doing an interview. And um, it's like, I never get credit for this. My girl will say, this should be the name of your next podcast because you say it that much. It's like, here's your phrase. Um, next one. Uh, I noticed you have a little bit of a sweet tooth like your, your man's Rob Lee does. Um, favorite dessert? Chocolate chip cookie, but it gotta have walnuts in it, or like you know, chocolate chip cookie with walnuts, or whatever pecans, whatever kind of nuts they put in cookies, they just gotta have some type of nuts in them. Boo, boo! That's, that's my favorite cookie, bro. <laughs> I hate it. People give me shit. It's like, yo, why do you like walnuts in your chocolate chip cookies? I was like, because that's the way you're supposed to have them. Like, what are you yeah, asking? Why wouldn't why you want them in there? <laughs> I don't even know what the hell is in these joints. Um, yeah, walnuts. Your chocolate chip cookies with walnuts. Yep. And walnuts are brain food too. Yeah, that's a standard. That's a standard snack, dessert, or whatever. That's very. This American is uh, fucking yellow dye number five. People, they should be able to get. They should be able to get on with that. <laughs> I, I want to make a phrase like that's African American is uh, sweet potato pie. <laughs> you know, um, what is something that makes you laugh? Laugh without fail. Sitcom, movie, uh, just seeing like certain. When, this is gonna sound low rent. If I see like somebody trip and they like they lose something, like something falls out of their hand, like they trip and then like a soda goes everywhere. I'm gonna probably laugh. I'm gonna see if they're good, but I'm also yeah. gonna laugh. I'm gonna laugh while helping them up. Curve me enthusiasm. Good on you. Good man. Yeah. I'm laughing at every episode. All fucking ninety of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, uh, top three Jordans. Uh, that's super easy. That's super easy. Okay. So for number one, I'm gonna go with threes. The threes are my favorite shoe of all time. The black cement threes. Number two. <laughs> number two, I'm gonna go with um the Jordan fours. Because Jordan fours are my favorite. Right next to the three, it's a, it's a similar silhouette. Um, I love them. Um, and then for number three, I'm gonna go with the Jordan fives. Okay. So for me, I'm, I'm always been a big three, four, five guy for Jordans. Three, four, five, but um, I like them in a, a ver- reverse order. As far as like my favorite to, to least favorite, I will be wearing three, fours, and fives for the rest of my life. Just come on, man. We gotta. We 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 definitely gonna have to have a, a beer or a coffee because that's another. Like I'm a fan of the threes. That is my favorite Jordan. Uh, perfect shoe, man. It's yep. Perfect shoe. It's my Tinker hat. Tinker Hatfield's first Jordan design. It's when he first so when he first got the job, you know, another guy did the two. You know, Tinker Hatfield did the three, man, when he got the job, man. Mike was about to leave. He was leaving. He was gonna get out of Nike. He was gonna go try to do something somewhere else. Yeah. He came through with that three, set the world on fire, and never never been the same. Absolutely. Last question. Um and this, this, the fires are easy. I thought it was gonna be difficult, man. This is easy, man. You no, gotta it is, it is. are easy. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm going to get... You got to come with the uh, fuck one, marry one, kill one shit. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is this is the one that is, is going to sound a little pretentious, but also I think it matters, though, because um, I, I had the opportunity... Um, I went to City, right? And I had the opportunity to um, go there a little while ago, and I haven't been there in 20 years. And I was right. able to speak to the students there, and That's we were talking right. about why their creativity matters, me and one of my um, peers. That's and right. So the question I pose to you, and I want to get your take on it, uh, in this rapid fire sort of like construct, why does creativity matter? Oh, creativity makes the world go round. That's why it matters. Any and everything we touch is a, a part or a piece of someone's dream. Someone looked at, you know, someone envisioned those glasses that you're wearing in their head before they actually put it on paper, before they actually was able to, you know, be able to be designed. Somebody, um, you know, from the cover of the books that I've written to the covers of the books that I love, to the sneakers on my feet, to the art that we consume, it's all creativity. It is literally the fuel of everything. It fuel creativity fuels life. Yeah. That's why it's important. If you take it away, the whole fucking world a crack in half like a sunflower seed. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very vulnerable thing you just said there to end by the way. But yeah, I, I always I always throw this one out there. I was like, yo, it's the seasoning, yo. Nobody wants some bland ass rice. So make sure you got some art you around. Know, you know what I mean? It's everything, man. The creativity is everything. So that's that's it. That's all I got for you today. Um, so I want to thank you for being on this podcast and you know taking the time to talk with me. And um, two, I want to invite and encourage you to um, really key in on anything you feel like we missed it. And then, and um, the floor is yours to share any final thoughts um, and where people can check your work out. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was this was really fun. Um, I do a lot of interviews and a lot a lot of times it's. It's fucking boring. This was fun. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you for the creating the space. I'm everywhere at, at D Watkins World. Um closing out the tour for, for Black Boy Smile. Um I have my last Baltimore event coming up at the Pratt and then something at Everyman Theater in the fall. I don't know the dates, but I'll post them. 
Uh, co-wrote a book called The Wire with David Simon, the creator of The Wire that comes out in November. Looking, looking, looking forward to people getting their hands on that. So there you have it, folks. Um, I want to again thank the great D. Watkins for coming on and chopping it up with me. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, conversation, community in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.